really didn't want to tell people my knees were in bad shape. I was lugging about 240 pounds around. Um, I could only go up the stairs once a day. I missed prom dress shopping for my kids. Um, I was very couch bound. Couch bound, didn't go out very much. Yeah, I missed a lot of life being this way. Well, hello there. And welcome to the Exam Room Podcast, brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Hi, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for giving the show a listen, or a view, or a download, wherever it is in the world that you are. We appreciate the fact that you are here. Imagine, if you will, being in your early 40s, but having a body that is so broken down that you feel like you need a walker just to get around your house. Imagine that your children are growing up, but you are missing out because you can't physically participate. Life is just passing you by, and the emotional pain that you're feeling is only matched by the pain in your joints you feel with every step you take. Imagine feeling at that young age like you're already circling the drain. Well, Stephanie Ignafo did not have to imagine because that was her reality. And the thing of it is, She thought she was eating a healthy diet. The food she was eating and the food she was serving her family was the same food that she had been told was healthy her entire life. So that certainly couldn't have been the problem, could it? What was going on then? Well, Stephanie wouldn't unearth that answer until she really started to take a deep dive on what was on her plate. And what makes her story so unique is that this really isn't just her story. This is a story about the entire Ignafo family because they all went plant-based together and lost a combined 250 pounds. 250 pounds. Probably a few more too. We're talking something that is just incredible. Her husband, her two daughters, their son, they all made the switch together and they reaped the benefits as a unit. We're talking about reversing diseases and slimming down and just going from being couch potatoes to exercise warriors. They got healthy as a family And oh, what a story it is that we will be hearing today. And then we're also going to hear from another weight loss success. This time, Dr. Vanita Rahman has her own incredible weight loss journey. But today she is here for a weight loss Q&A to answer questions all about losing weight and keeping it off. And also the struggles that come with weight loss and obesity. Because look, the changes that people experience, they are not just physical. Dropping those extra LBs can be an emotional thing, a very emotional thing. So we're going to be getting into that today, as well as food addiction and how to overcome that. Going to be tapping into a lot on today's show. But let's get started with a little bit of inspiration, or should I say, plantspiration, with Stephanie Ignafo and one unforgettable family story. If you've been listening to the Exam Room Podcast for any length of time, you know that there is nothing better than a good story. And my next guest certainly has that and oh so much more because this is a true family affair. This is a tale of what happens 
when one family radically changes their diet and improves their health. Really, miracles can happen. And so with that, we welcome Stephanie Ignafo to the Exam Room Podcast. Stephanie, thanks so much for joining us today. Chuck, thanks for having me. Good to see you. I see the sign over your shoulder says plant spiration, but really, I mean, there is no more fitting title for what it is that you do now because you and the entire Ignafo clan, you guys are just nothing but big balls of inspiration. This is phenomenal. Thank you, Chuck. We, uh, we really are hoping to get that message out that if this family can do it, so can all these other families out here. I mean, we've got a lot of uh, problems going on, obesity epidemic, chronic disease. I know my kids were following right in my footsteps, and I'm grateful that we found the plants, saved my life, saved their life, and now we're helping other people improve their quality of their life too. All right, so let's let's do this first, okay? Let's Let's just tell the people collectively, as a family, how much weight have you all lost? 240 pounds altogether. That's what I'm talking about. 240 pounds as a family doing this together. That is amazing. You got to be just as a mom, just like busting your buttons kind of proud. I am. I'm pretty proud of the whole family for, you know, doing this with me. My husband's happy. We get better gas mileage, you know, 240 pounds less. Um, <laughs> but yeah, really proud of my family. And we're using that platform to just get out there and show more people that it can be done. Well, let's start with kind of where you were at before the change. What specifically, Stephanie, what was your health like? You you don't look like the kind of person who ever really carried a lot of excess weight at all. You just if you didn't tell me that you all had lost weight, I would have thought like, oh, man, this is just one of those ladies that was born naturally thin. Not the case. Not even. I think, uh, I don't even think I've been this weight. As, you know, I don't remember even being this weight. I definitely can't recall being this size. But um, I was really sick before, Chuck. I was actually contemplating a walker in my house. I really didn't want to tell people my knees were in bad shape. I was lugging about 240 pounds around. Um, I could only go up the stairs once a day. I missed prom dress shopping for my kids. Um, I was very couch bound, couch bound, didn't go out very much, didn't, uh, yeah, missed a lot of life being this way. High blood pressure, you know, things come in place with that, uh, autoimmune disease, fibrocystic breast disease, irritable bowel syndrome, diverticulitis, you name it, I was dealing with it. And I just kept asking, you know, how did I get this? Like, mm. what's going on? I mean, everybody around me was kind of eating the same way, doing the same thing. I just, yeah, I was pretty miserable. Hold on. So you said you were contemplating using a walker in the house and that you were missing out on prom dress shopping with your daughter. So you are not, and looking at you, I can tell you this too, you are not an old woman by any stretch of the imagination. How old were you at this time when you were thinking about, man, it's time for a walker? Probably about uh, 41, 42, things were seriously declining. I could barely get around. I had a permanent handicaps, you know, placard in my car. Yeah, I thought this is it. This must be what 40s is all about, medications and, you know, soon-to-be walker. That's my mm. future was looking like, Chuck. It really was grim. Three children, two daughters, and a son. I mean, you had to have felt like at that point being as disabled as you felt as though you were – I mean, you must have just felt like you're missing out on so much life. It was really depressing. I didn't go on vacations. I didn't go on planes. I certainly wasn't riding my bike back then. Uh, I missed concerts. I missed events. Um, the mall or going shopping, that was a thing of the past. You know, Walgreens, I used to wonder, why does everybody shop at Walgreens? Well, out here, it's one of the smallest stores. You can get a lot in one little store. And to think that I was actually thinking and planning my day around how much I had to walk around. You know, I was, I'm 49 years old now. I shouldn't, uh, I shouldn't have felt like that at 40. That's for sure. But it, it was it also, at least this was kind of the case for me being as large as I was for a time, like that was just normal. And I kind of accepted it. Was that also the case for you? It really was. You made me have, yeah, you made me think about that just now because what's normal now is, almost 
insane that I was living the way that I was living. I didn't, I couldn't work. I couldn't do anything. We were about to lose everything. I mean, we were surgery after surgery, procedure after procedure. Um, and it just wasn't getting any better, you know, and every, every doctor would say, you know, you need to lose weight, but I've tried that five thousand every day. Every day was waking up saying, okay, today's the day. Today's the day I'm going to count or weigh or measure or restrict. Mm -hmm. I was miserable. It was depressing. It honestly was depressing. I lost a lot of life for that. Do you ever feel like when the doctors told you to lose weight that they gave you a really good specific plan to follow? Or was it just this, you need to lose weight and I'm not going to tell you how to do it. You're kind of on your own. Honestly, I would, I would leave crying almost every doctor's office coming home. And it was week after week, month after month, you know, trying to figure out what was going on. Why was I so miserable? I really didn't like all the medications that everybody wanted me to take. So I felt like I was trying to find some answers. Maybe that's why I was so open to all of this to begin with. But yeah, nobody told me how to go home and eat. Nobody said stop eating meat. Nobody said stop eating dairy and you can reduce some of this inflammation or lose weight. No, it was it was Weight Watchers. It was Diet Center. It was MedFast. It was every, you know, keto, South Beach. It was, they all tried some, you know, telling me stuff like that, but nobody really got down to the root cause of what this was going on. Why was it, do you think, that, you left there crying. Was it that you were kind of ashamed of the position you were in or frustrated by the fact that you weren't getting the answers that you were, uh, that you needed? Um, were you concerned that you weren't going to be around for your children? I don't think I would be here. So that's yes. I do not think I'd be here today. Uh, I had failed my last stress test for my last surgery. Like I was right there blood pressure problems since the age of 21. I had been on medication for 15 years already. And it was hopeless. It was like a, it was no hope. A feeling of no hope is how, you know, I've done everything. I've tried everything. I didn't see this turning around at all. I didn't know anything like this could exist at all. What were the conversations you would have like at night when the kids, I guess, had gone to bed and it was just you and your husband and you were really kind of recapping what happened at the doctor that day? I know he was going through his own things, but I would imagine that those were some serious conversations. It was really bad. I mean, we just all of our money went into medical expenses, tests, doctor's appointments. Our entire life revolved around me getting to the doctor, making it to these weekly appointments, you know, uh, just every kind of doctor you can imagine. I was always looking for answers. You know, he didn't know what to say to me. He wasn't doing much better himself. He lost 40 pounds. You know, he was right behind me with aches and pains and fatigue and pounding two pots of coffee a day, you know, just trying to keep going. We didn't realize what we were doing. You know, Chuck, I thought we're eating chicken. Okay. We're eating ground Turkey. We're eating all this healthy stuff. How could this be? Little did I know. Mm. Little did That's I know. Let's do a little bit deeper dive on that. What was the, the daily menu like? I mean, you so you say ground turkey and chicken, but I mean, are we talking fried chicken here? Are we talking, what was the menu consisting of? Believe it or not, Chuck, we rarely ate out. You know, being a professional dieter, we didn't eat a lot of uh, fast food. We didn't eat a lot of junk food. I was all about, you know, the lean chicken, the lean ground turkey, the salads loaded up with the cheese. You know, we needed to get our calcium in there. Um, all of the things that we stereotypically believed would, you know, help us lose weight or help us get healthy. That's what I was doing. I mean, we were eating. I actually blogged a 30-day Weight Watcher cookbook. And this one family photo out there is of us before we went plant-based kind of boasting about like, look at our healthy family, you know, before we lost the 240 pounds. What a misconception. I guess then the, the question becomes, you're so frustrated by everything. And you're worried about being around for your children. You, you just said that you didn't think that you would be here today, had it not been for the changes that you made. Um, how then did you stumble across the plant based diet? Because I understand it wasn't necessarily because you were looking, you know, for that next 
quote unquote diet. Yeah, I was it 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 came out of nowhere actually. My daughter came home from school. She was 15 at the time. She was reading this book called Aragon and one of the characters was vegan and they talked about like the ethical side of it, not harming animals. So when she came home, I thought she was nuts. I thought it was a horrible idea. I my, actually, my husband and I, we kind of bickered a little bit about it, you know, having to get her the special milk or having to, you know, to get the, you know, the vegan foods and, you know, in an attempt to prove her wrong, honestly, I just started searching on the internet, how long can we live without meat? And what we had come across, what I had come across was the Forks Over Knives documentary. It kind of kept coming up. I would want to look a little harder, but right back to the evidence. So I took my family over to watch the movie Forks Over Knives, and, well, everything changed after that. Mm. She was right. She was right. There was something to this vegan lifestyle. And has she let you forget that? I highly doubt that she has. <laughs> forget. <laughs> Not one bit, Chuck, every day. I bet. That's so great. So how how difficult was it then to get the entire family on board? Because we're talking about, what, five people in total now? There was five of us, and three of them were in high school at the time. Well, after what I had uh, witnessed on the Forks Over Knives documentary, I started thinking, you know, I'm teaching my kids to wear their helmets. I'm making them wear their seatbelts. I'm having the stranger danger talk with them. I mean, I'm doing everything in my power to keep my kids safe. And then I realized there was this whole food aspect. I mean, how could I deny what I had just witnessed? You know, eating the animal was promoting disease. So I took a plunge and I didn't, I just stopped bringing animal in the house. That next grocery shopping trip, it was just all fruits, vegetables. I didn't know what I was doing. Rice, beans, lots of hummus, carrots. They didn't know what I was doing. All I knew was I couldn't condone this way of eating anymore after what I had found out. I mean, I wanted to keep my kids safe. I wanted to keep them healthy. I figure I'm in charge of grocery shopping. I better take it serious. Uh, some people who I've spoken to on the outset, when they first make that transition, they kind of feel this sense of guilt about, well, how in the world could I have done this, not just to myself, but to other members of my family? Were there any of those types of emotions for you? Huge. Big time. My son was very overweight at the time, too. He had struggled very much with obesity, and he'd sat right next to me in Weight Watchers many a times, you know, 10 years old, 12 years old. Yeah, it was started early on, and it was very depressing to see what had come from what I had learned, you know, how to eat, how to feed my family. So, yeah, there was a lot of guilt, and I guess that probably motivated me to want to change it even more work on this, make sure I don't bring any more of that back in. Well, I would imagine then your son, I mean, must have just been tickled pink with everything that w was beginning to happen. What what grade was he in? I know you said everyone was in high school at the point, but was he earlier on in his high school career? Or was he closer to graduation? He was a senior in high school. Okay. okay. Yeah, not, not an easy time for a guy no. to you know, be in high school, you know, trying to Big kid, six foot, probably 280 pounds. Ooh, yeah, he, he was up there and it wasn't going and it wasn't going in the other direction, Chuck. It just kept going up. I saw him get depressed. You know, I saw that kind of stuff happening and I figured, why not give it a shot? We'll just eat plants, you guys. Figure it out. First, yeah. At first, it's going go good, but. Uh, yeah, I just remember being that big kid in high school myself, and it was yeah. not easy. You know, it's that's the time in your life when you're supposed to be, you know, dating, and you've got proms, and you've got all of these events. Being a senior, you're applying to go off to college. I mean, we're talking like major life events. And because of your weight, and I don't know if he was struggling with the self-esteem because of it, but I, I mean, it's it just makes everyday life so much more difficult. And you don't even know yet at that age how to deal with stress, but you know that you're feeling it. And I knew what was to come for him at, at the way my life went. You know, this wasn't going to get any better. I, you know, I'd tried everything with him already. This just was amazing, Chuck, that we found this. You're making me remember, like, all the things that we had gone through. Nobody argued with me, actually. Everybody was just like, yeah, well, sure, Mom, we'll do it. They watched the movie with us, and they were like, we're on board. We'll do it with you. 
Bingo. So uh, we'll, we'll come back to the, the plant-based thing in, in a second, but I, I want to think back to the times that you had tried to lose weight in the past. And you, you mentioned taking your son with you to Weight Watchers. I always tell people that when it comes to losing weight, anybody can lose weight. And I don't care how it is that you do it. Anybody can lose weight, right? Agreed. But inevitably, you always come to this point where you can go back to the way that you were going or you can continue on a healthier path. And for whatever reason, 99% of us always go back to the way that we were and we go right back to our unhealthy habits. What was it? that made you keep going back to your old ways of eating? It's all I knew. Yeah. It's all I knew. Yeah. I could eat 21 points in Oreos. You know what I mean? It was like, <laughs> it's all I knew was to do this that way. You know, not 21 points in Oreos, but just it's all I knew was to eat that way. Restrict, diet, yeah. So what made the plant-based diet different for you? And I, I hate to even use the term diet, or maybe I don't, because at this point you're using diet in its proper sense, right? Exactly. So but what made this different from your 21 points of Oreos <laughs> attempts in the past? It was, it was a couple things. Immediately I noticed a difference in the way that my face looked, the way that I felt, this inflammation, this that start that started changing right away. I almost couldn't believe it. I thought, oh, you know, everybody said, oh, that must be water weight. Okay. Then it was the scale. It just kept moving. The more food I ate, you know, plant, I didn't know Chuck about really vegan or plant-based or whole food plant-based. We really just went whole food plant-based, no oil that I recall. We were really starting from scratch. I just wanted to do everything clean. So it just, um, it just changed everything. I, I, you're making me remember so many things. It was more food. I could eat more food than ever. There was more flavors. There was more cuisines. I mean, we just kept on going with it. It started off a little slow with carrots and hummus and, you know, brown rice pastas, but soon we started realizing we could make anything. We weren't getting rid of any of the flavors. We were just figuring out new ways to make the flavors. So from mm -hmm. cannolis to sushi, we're making it. We're keeping it plant-based though, that's for sure. Well, you say we, so we're everybody kind of pitching in and looking up recipes? Oh yeah. Well, we've got a pretty big stack of uh, recipes that over the years we just started figuring out, you know, taking our old family recipes, modifying them. It took a few years before we really felt like bringing it to everybody else, but it was just a lot of food, a lot of recipes. The internet was endless. So how quick uh, were you all to notice these changes and the scale starts to move in the proper direction? It was it, you know, pretty like first week, second week. Oh yeah. We, it was coming off really quick, all of us. And we were all coming out of our rooms, you know, like, wow, I lost another pound or I lost another two pounds. We'd never seen anything like that. We'd never acted like that. There wasn't, it just was right away. The kids were sleeping better. Their acne was clearing up. It, it wasn't just me this time. It was everybody. My husband's pants were falling off. My pants were falling off. Well, I know that sounds kind of funny, but I tell people, you get to eat your plants off. It just started happening this way. <laughs> I love that so much. Eat your plants off. Amen to that. That yeah, is fantastic. That's what started happening. We were eating our plants off, literally. Man, that's man, that's awesome. So as a mom, I mean, so to have gone from, oh, my God, how could I possibly have done this to my kids? But now it's like, oh, my God, look at what I'm doing for my kids. Talk about a juxtaposition of emotion. Really, it was. It really it was. And I wanted I wanted to share with everybody. I, I don't know how else to explain it. But immediately when I saw what I was doing, I thought other moms need to know. Um, they felt good. They were walking, talking, you know, role model of plant based. But the community was not as, you know, mm -hmm. giving to that. They were definitely, you know, we were a little weird out here in the cornfields. You know, my kids, you know, we were hippies or stuff like that was going on, but they just kept looking better. They kept feeling better. They were 
they were just doing everything right. For sure. You know, yeah. and, and I mean, that's all part of it. I think inherently people are just afraid of what's different. And if they don't understand, you know, automatically there's a level of taboo that comes with something. And uh, you're talking about food and food is one of the strongest relationships we will ever have in our entire life. And so, mm-hmm. you know, somebody who's not really familiar at all with the idea of eating a plant based diet, you're talking about a major taboo. And oh, my God, this family is doing nothing but, you know, burning sage and incense and, you know, chanting mantras and things like that. When in all honesty, all you guys are trying to do is just get healthy. Honestly, honestly, it was um, it, it was the reason why I did the T. Colin Campbell class. I felt like I needed to make sure I could back up now what I'm talking about. And more and more people just started watching. I'll tell you what, Chuck, seven years later, they're asking me how to eat now. They're not telling me anything. They all see what's going on. My family's maintained this. We've helped tons of people in the area just, you know, change the way they're doing things, too. It's oh, yeah. worth it. The proof is in the plant-based pudding. Um, so I, I want to ask you about your son. So he's a senior, and now he's starting to undergo this radical change. How did that, you know, alter the way that he finished up his high school career? I would imagine that his last, you know, few months there were much different than the first three and a half years or so. Yeah, um, people really, uh, after high school, a lot of people didn't recognize him afterwards. It was kind of like the end of high school and then the rest of the weight came off, you know, once he had gotten out of high school and he's come back and told me like, wow, I ran into somebody from school and they didn't even know I was standing right next to them. So in just that short amount of time, you know, this face that everybody became so familiar with just didn't look the same anymore. And people were shocked. They were shocked yeah. to see it happen. What about uh, what about your daughters? I mean, they weren't seniors then, so I mean, wh- how different were their high school careers? Well, they weren't very big to begin with. You know, they weren't. They weren't. They were. One of them was kind of gaining. You know, the other one was just into you know weightlifting and stuff like that. So all of them embraced it for whatever reason. You know, one was ethical. One was very into physical fitness. So, you know, she started looking into that. They all changed their appearance very much. The girls got very into the gym. Um, My son got into the gym. Everybody just changed. It's actually amazing. Everybody changed how they were living and what they were doing. When you got the energy, Chuck, and you got the right foods, as you know, it really changes the way you wake up every day and how you take it on. All right, and let's talk about you. So when we started this conversation, here you are, barely 40 years old, thinking about, I need a walker in the house. Now you've made this change. Where's your headspace at at this point? Like the walker is just so far in the rearview mirror? I can't wait to get out on my bike when we're done with this call, Chuck, because that's (laughs) really all I want to do is ride my bike. And I never had a bike like this before. Started off on the recumbent bike at home, you know, feeling a little bit better, eating the plants, the scales moving. And uh, I ended up getting a bike, and my husband and I just finished about 10,300 miles. And I think this is our fifth season of cycling. Yeah, we weren't messing around. We've been burning off those plants down the trails. 10,000 and some odd miles? That's got to be coast to coast in the U.S., what, twice? Yeah, there and back, east coast to west coast, and then some. Man, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, we put more miles on our bike now than we do our car. Definitely a change. I mean, I still am going to need knee replacements in the future, but I've really put them off. I'm living my life. I'm riding 20 miles a day. That's compared to barely being able to walk around my kitchen. I was hanging onto my counters. I was limping around all over. I was exhausted. Now can't stop the cycling chuck (laughs) (laughs) and what about uh, your husband's quality of life how's he doing these days he's right next to me on that bike our life changed dramatically there's a lot of adjustment you know we are not the same people that we were we used to drink an awful lot we used to eat an awful lot of junk food or you know bad foods now we get into cooking together. He's helping me with my classes. He's cycling with me. We're getting more done each day than we ever could have imagined before. Yeah, it's like uh, shaving some years off and then some. 
You know what? So let me ask you, this is a little bit off topic, but I think it's important because it is a question that comes up from time to time is when people undergo such radical transformations, they worry that fundamentally they're going to change or their relationship will change and maybe they'll drift apart because they're not going to be the same person that they once were. What is your recommendation to somebody who has those fears? Because it sounds like as you all made this transition, you all grew closer together. We really did. Um, First of all, I've never been happier in my life. When you're happy like this, it dramatically changes relationships all across the board. This veganism is kind of like a filter, I say, not just for the food part, but an emotional part, you know, your well-being around you. You just kind of become more mindful. I'm grateful that my family did this with me. I mean, they kind of didn't have a choice. I wasn't bringing anything else in the house. But it did change the way that we live our life. We have a different outlook on our future. We want to do things together. You know, before it was kind of what's on TV? What are we going to eat or order out or something like that? Where now it's let's go do something. Well, not during COVID, of course, but there's so much to do right now. There's so many things that we've been doing. It's, it is like we kind of started dating again. You know, <laughs> back then we both are really just happier feeling this way each day. And the kids, they're doing a lot better too. That's for sure. Outstanding. And now you've kind of turned this whole family transformation into a family business with Plantspiration. Talk to us a little bit about that. That was kind of an accident. I was just uh, taking those T. Colin Campbell courses and wanting to help people continuously. I was very open about my weight loss. I was very open and uh, on social media about what I was doing with my family. And I took the classes, really felt like this needed to get out there more more than ever. So I started a nonprofit called Plantspiration. You know, let me get everybody inspired by the plants. Now I'm just bringing these cooking classes together every week, thanks to the Physicians Committee and becoming that Food for Life instructor. It's making it even easier to inspire more people around the world to, well, educate, motivate, and inspire more people to get that quality of life back. I think everybody has a right to know, and I'm going to make sure they do. Last point. How many medications were you on before you made this transition? Well, I have a stack of prescriptions that I never filled. I was really a little nervous, but I was on like Nexium, um, high blood pressure pills for a long time, anti-inflammatories, everything from Neurontin to Celebrix. They all have tried to give me those prescriptions, Chuck, everything. Um, so I'm not uh, I'm not dealing with that anymore. My prescription is in the plants now. I'm not dealing with that anymore. Uh, I don't have time for that. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I think everybody could use a little plantspiration in in their life, as you say. So uh, talk to us about your classes. When are they? Where are they? Uh, how can people get in touch with you? Well, my classes are every Wednesday night, 6 p.m. Chicago time. We can find me on pcrm.org, of course, or you can find me on Plantspiration. I used to do them at a local venue, but thanks to COVID, I'm able to bring even more people into my kitchen. I kind of channel my inner Julia child, Hmm. and I just kind of pretend everybody's here, and I've been rocking out these classes since the minute we got into quarantine. I said, let's just start doing it and learn this virtual thing. And it's going pretty good. Yeah, right now we're focusing on that new body and balance curriculum that I've been waiting for. Uh, this week is tackling menopause. Perfect time. <laughs> um, it's really helped. All this stuff has helped me, you know, float through all these things. So I'm really grateful. And I just want to show more women, more men, everybody about all this stuff because we got a lot of men and women benefiting off the plants here. So. I love that. And it's all about paying it forward, you know? It really is. It really is. I felt so good, Chuck. I just wanted to bring it back to everybody. It means the world to be able to show people if I can do it, you can do it. And they can really relate to me because a lot of people are live. you know, we're living that life, you know, standard American diet, standard American diseases, standard American sizes. I really want to change the way that we view food. I love food, but I want that food to love me back. Amen to that. 
Well yeah. said. Well said, Stephanie. Well said, indeed. So uh, we're going to put a link uh, off to uh, your website. People can take a look at your classes, get registered. Uh, we'll put that in the episode notes for you. And uh, I just, man, what a heck of a story. I, you know, this is a true, like, just a, a family that has changed everything together for the better. And that is just, this is a first on the show. And this has just been a real treat. So thank you very much for taking the time to share a little plantspiration with us. Thank you so much, Chuck. I'm super proud of my family and I'm super proud to be on your show and be able to share my story with everybody. Thank you so much. We've put a link to Plantspiration in the episode notes and I highly encourage you to check out one of Stephanie's classes. And if you want to see a before and after photo of the entire family, I put that up on my Twitter and Instagram accounts at Chuck Carroll, WLC. You got to think that having a built-in support system there as you're making those changes is so key. Not every day will be a walk in the park, but just having someone to help keep you going when the times get tough, man, that helps. That helps. And there is a whole lot of love around the Ignafo family dinner table. There is no doubt about it. And how cool is it, too, that she's out riding bikes instead of being housebound with a walker at such a young age? That is awesome. Stephanie is really making the most out of her new lease on life. Too cool. All right, time now to open up the doctor's mailbag with Dr. Vanita Rahman. This is the weight loss edition. Now, we recorded this during a broadcast of the exam room live. And before we opened up the floor to questions from viewers, we were talking a little bit about why it is that we just can't put down our forks or drive past the drive through without pulling in. The food, it just calls to us. It's, it's like the cravings are legit. There is a reason that our brains react to food the way that they do. Junk food is essentially like a big flashing neon sign for your brain. And it is just blinking over and over and over again that says, eat me, eat me, eat me. And there are also some very smart people who want to make sure that that sign is shining as brightly as possible. So that temptation can be too much to resist. Let's talk a little bit about the addictive properties of some of the foods that are out there. You know, the fast food, the cheese, like all of that is designed to get you hooked and hooked Absolutely. in a big way. Yeah. So, you know, actually, Chuck, there's a whole scientific community that does food research. Um, and what the food industry does is they actually hire um, scientists and researchers to see um, the ideal level of sweetness in a food to make it the most appealing. So we know for sugar that, you know, the more sweetener we add, it tastes good, but then there comes a point where we don't like it. And so the food industry tries to get to that sweet spot that's where they have us. We keep going back and sugar is addictive. Um, and they know the same thing for salt. There's a point where it's not tasty enough without salt, but then too much salt sort of ruins the taste. Um, now, and so then the sugar, uh, the food industry tries to get to that spot so that they really have us hooked on that level of salt. Um, and then lastly, for fat, it's really interesting. What they found is that there is no maximum point for fat. The more we add to food, the better it tastes. And it gives that melt in our mouth feeling really good. So the food industry by design tries to add as much fat as they can to make the food as tasty and appealing so that we as consumers keep coming back. So there's definitely a whole science to it. And, and it shows that high levels of fat, salt, and sugar are all addictive. Um, but here's the good news we can wean our taste buds. We can dial down how much sweetness we like, how much fat we like, how much um, salt we like. And after a few weeks of adjusting that, we start to like uh, the lower levels. So 
we can change this. We can. And I will tell you from experience that it takes an inordinate amount of work and in my case, sometimes drastic measures. My experience with food addiction was just, I, I would say that it's insane. <laughs> I, I remember trying to lose weight and then my brain, when I would stop going to fast food restaurants, like my brain would just spaz out because I was used to getting that almost all day, every day. There wasn't a single day that went by that I did not go through the Taco Bell drive-thru, dropping $20 on food every single time. And inevitably, by the second or third day, I was not feeling well physically, and I was not somebody that you wanted to be around either because I was angry. I mean, I was a step and a half past hangry. Like, I was just a flat-out jerk. I will fully admit that right now. And I remember one particular instance, I was trying so hard to lose weight because I was actually being paid to do it to endorse this wild thing called the cookie diet on the radio. But I stopped going through the drive-thru and by the second or third night, I was so angry. I wound up, boom, putting my fist through a wall Mm -hmm. and then boom, putting my fist through a door. That was food addiction to me. And that was the real wake up call. Like, oh my God, I have a problem here. And I knew that, and I still couldn't help myself because a few hours later, after everyone had gone to bed, I snuck out of the house, went to the 24-hour drive through sat down in the dark in the basement, and ate all $20 worth of food and just wept because, one, I felt this great release of anger, but two, I was also extremely sad because I knew I was hooked on this just like a drug addict would be or an alcoholic. I felt that food, this Taco Bell had a stronger hold on me than cigarettes ever did. That to me, Dr. Rahman, that is food addiction. Yeah, absolutely. You know, as I hear that, Chuck, I, I keep thinking how it's, you know, it's like there was a sense of powerlessness with the food. It's like, it's controlling you and you can't stop it. It's, it's dictating your actions and your mood and that, that feeling that you just have no control over this is so powerful in all types of addiction, including food, what you're describing. And, and, and you're right. Food is addictive. Um, it's the one thing we consume consistently and regularly, and it plays a key role in all aspects of our life. How quickly did you put on weight after you moved to the U.S. and started eating that standard American diet? Was that a pretty quick process for you? Yeah. So I moved here. Um, I remember this. I came to the U.S. in February, um, and by December, I looked completely different. Um, I had put on quite a bit of weight. I was um, only 12 at the time, and I went from being a lean you know, teenager to being uh, an overweight teenager, and it was very quick, um, and it was very hard to lose the weight, and I had no idea that this was happening because of my diet. I really was clueless. I just felt good eating the food. So I never made that connection. And we talked about how quickly we put on weight eating that standard American diet. But I think that anybody who's trying to lose weight wants it off and they want it off tomorrow. And so 24 hours, not realistic to lose all the weight. But how quickly after somebody subscribes to that plant-based way of eating, might they then start to experience some positive results? Yeah, you know, everyone is a little bit different. Um, the typically people can expect to lose anywhere from one to four pounds a week. It just depends. The more weight they have to lose, the faster they may lose it. The less they have, the slower it'll be. But based on research, we know that the average weight loss is roughly um, about a pound a week in research studies. Um, and most people experience that. But what's really fascinating is that even before the weight loss starts, they start to feel better. Um, their joints feel better. Their blood sugars come down. Their blood pressure comes down. They're sleeping better. Their heartburn's going down. And they just have this sense of energy that they didn't have before um, as they change their diet. So it's not just the weight. It's all these other aspects of health that may start to fall into place much sooner. All right. Well, let's open up that doctor's mailbag. And then we're going to talk about this exciting 12-week program that you have 
coming up for weight loss, all about plant-based diet. I mean, you've laid this thing out from soup to nuts. This is just an absolutely brilliant program that I think anybody who's looking to lose weight should definitely explore. Matter of fact, head over to pcrm.org slash weight loss program right now if you want to register. We'll get into the nuts and bolts of that in just a second, but let's open up the doctor's mailbag right now. So if you have a question, go ahead and uh, post it in the comments section right now. Uh, Here's a great question from Building Wealth. I love this one. This is so key. How can I eat a plant-based diet to lose weight, but maintain it once it's been reached as well? You know, most people, um, the key really is to eat well. Um, Exercise is great. Uh, We should all be exercising at for a variety of reasons. But when it comes to maintaining a healthy weight, it's really about our food. Um, and the key I find is to really go back to the basics. Eat a plant-based diet. Keep it low fat. Um, eat sensible portion sizes. I'll piggyback on that just from my own experience. Obviously, I'm not a doctor, but I will tell you that maintaining weight loss comes down to, I think, one critical time. And that is the fork in the road that everybody who loses weight inevitably comes to. And when you get to this fork, it is a decision that you need to make. And you can go right, you can go right back to that old way of eating, or you can go left and continue down that healthier path. Because that fork in the road may be that office party where you think, oh, I can have that piece of pizza, or oh, in my case, I can have one nacho and I won't wind up back at the drive-thru. When in reality, for people who are super morbidly obese, I think that that food addiction can be so strong that you can't have just one. You need to treat those high fat, high calorie foods that have a lot of salt, oil, and sugar in them. You need to treat them exactly like an ex-smoker would cigarettes or an alcoholic would with alcohol. It's very similar to me. And that's why I say you come to that fork in the road and you just, you turn left and you never go back because once you go right, that opens the door again to yo-yo dieting. And the last thing you want is for that weight to come pouring back on, right? That is the most frustrating thing in the Mm -hmm. world. So go left, my friend, go left and stay going left and you will live a long and healthy life. Uh, Here is a good question from Bobby Graff. Here we go. Bobby, who can help me determine how many calories per day I need to lose weight on a plant-based diet? Looking to lose about 15 pounds. Here's the beauty of um, eating a healthy plant-based diet. As any dieter knows, counting calories is onerous. It's not practical. And And it often is counterproductive because we feel kind of caged in. Um, And same with counting fat or the amount of sugar. Um, It's just not a practical way to do things. And what's really great about eating a plant-based diet is you don't have to do that. You know, when you think of it like a big basket of nutritious foods that you're picking from, and as long as you stay within that basket, um, you don't have to worry about counting calories or counting how many fat grams or how many grams of sugar you're getting. You will do fine. And the reason is because not only will you get the calories, you'll get the nutrients and that will keep you feeling satiated and prevent you from overeating because when our body's nourished, we don't stay hungry. It's often when we're not getting the nutrients we need, even if we're getting the calories, we stay hungry and we keep reaching for more and more food. Um, so don't worry about counting calories. Um, just build your basket of healthy food and stay within that. And you should do great with that. Sonia from YouTube posted this at 1226. We were talking about counting calories. Well, what about counting carbs? She writes, there has to be a limit to how many carbs you eat every day, even if they come from whole foods. How do we know when it is too much? Yeah. So Sonia, you know, you're expressing a concern that so many people do. And again, it gets back to us worrying about the carbs. Um, but in a healthy plant-based diet, the majority of our calories come from carbs. About 70% to 75% of the calories should come from carbs. Um, carbs in the form of starch. Um, fiber has no calories, so that doesn't count. And while minimizing added sugar. So, um, you know, it's, it's tough to say how many grams of carbs because that can be a little bit misleading. Um, but the key is to stick to those healthy carbs, fruits, whole grains, legumes, vegetables, uh, avoid the juices, avoid the soda, 
Avoid the sugary baked goods or ice creams or cookies. Those are the carbs that are likely to lead to weight gain. And that's going to be one of the courses in your 12-week program, right? Which carbs are good for you? I think that that's a matter of fact, that would be on July 4th, that Saturday. So that'll be an interesting seminar. Yeah, it's it's one of my favorites. We go through different types of carbs, what they are, what's healthy, what isn't, how to pick the right ones, um, how to incorporate them into your diet and lifestyle. And I think it's just so important to just clarify that misunderstanding around carbs. All right, here's a great question. Uh, a lot of people curious about food addiction today. Merrick at 1226, uh, this one from Facebook. Do you have tips on how to battle food addiction? Now, I made that point about keeping left when you're you know, at that fork in the road, but what other tips might you have to battle food addiction? Yeah, you know, this is so tough for so many people. Um, and thank you for asking this, Merrick. Uh, first thing is just recognizing that it exists. Um, you know, we can't treat a problem that we don't recognize. So um, first, just recognizing this is something I struggle with, and then really taking a step back and thinking about, um, you know, addiction is often a replacement for something we're not getting, whether it's cigarettes or alcohol or drugs or food. Um, it's often compensating for an unmet need. And so really identifying what that need is, either on your own through therapy is really key. Um, and then and then you can do simple things. Once you've identified that need, find other ways to satisfy it, you know, um, whether it's a hobby or exercise or um, reading a book or calling a friend, finding other healthier ways to get that need met um, instead of turning to food. And lastly, I think changing the food environment is really key. You know, we're much more likely to reach for these addictive foods if they're around us. So keeping them out of the house, avoiding um, that street where the drive through is so that we're not even tempted, you know, taking a detour instead. So these small things do make a big difference in, um, in how we respond. You know, something uh, I read in a research study really resonated with me, which is that it's much easier to change our food environment than to control our cravings. So if I put a chocolate cake in front of me, I'm going to keep craving it. But if it's not there, I won't even think about it. So really getting that food environment um, into a place that works for us is key. Oh, absolutely. Uh, big hello to Susie D. Uh, hi, my husband and I started a plant-based diet February 14th of this year. That would be Valentine's Day. How romantic. Uh, she says, I've lost 40 pounds so far and I eat a lot of potatoes. Susie D, congratulations. That is fantastic. <laughs> I love the fact that she, she threw and I eat a lot of potatoes. Score one for healthy carbs. Uh, 1235, this one comes in from Kristen, wants to know about sugar substitutes. What about monk fruit? as a sugar substitute, will that hinder weight loss? Yeah. Um, you know, I think some of these uh, sugar substitutes like monk fruit or stevia, um, they're natural sweeteners, but they're often hundreds of times sweeter than sugar. So um, you just have to be a little careful with them if you're consuming them and you find that you're, you know, it could potentially increase that sweet craving, dialing it up, whereas we want to dial it down. So if if you find that happening, that once you start consuming and you find yourself reaching for sweets, it may be better to just scale back on that. But other sweeteners, such as artificial sweeteners, um, I do discourage people from using because they are much sweeter than sugar and they sort of, they really dial up our sweet tooth and they make it much harder to wean from that. So um, better to go with the natural ones, but do be mindful if it's something that's reinforcing your sweet tooth or not. Uh, 1236, another great success story. This one from Jan Curtis. She writes, I've lost 179 pounds, mm. not all plant-based at first because I didn't know about this way of eating, but now I do eat plant-based and I don't worry about gaining weight back because this is the way that I eat. She says, uh, also managed my A1C, works without having to count anything. How great is that? Not having go. to count a single <laughs> yeah. thing. So if you're not good with numbers, I assure you, this is the way to eat. Exactly. And that's, I think that's so key that not counting calories, not counting carbs, it's not necessary. Um, and it just is so onerous and not even practical most of the time. Somebody by the name of Gregu, Dr. Gregu, what do you think about bringing vegan junk foods to super non-vegan friendly places? So what do, you, what do you think? Are these, uh, we talk a lot on the show about these vegan 
junk foods that are essentially stepping stones for people to get to a healthier version of a plant-based diet. What's your take on them? Uh, Most of these junk vegan foods tend to be really high in fat, really high in calories, really high in sodium. So uh, while, you know, they're maybe slightly healthier than their animal-based counterparts, they're still unhealthy and it's better to just use them sparingly and then move on to healthier foods like a black bean burger or a chickpea burger or, or a lentil burger, something like that. That's much more nutritious. All right. Time for just a couple of more questions. Then we're going to go in depth on the 12 week program that you've created. This one, 1231, it comes from slightly vegan. Does Dr. Rahman think the traditional Indian diet she ate as a child still exists in India or has it changed? Oh boy, that's that's a loaded question. <laughs> you know, it in theory it still exists. Um it probably exists in very rural areas, um but in major cities, um and even in rural areas where people have easy access to food, uh, we're not seeing that. The traditional Indian diet was really based on fruits, vegetables, legumes, and whole grains. And that's not what people are consuming now. They're consuming a lot of cheese, a lot of added um, butters and oils, a lot of fried food, added sugar. So sadly, it's disappearing. And along with it, the rates of obesity and diabetes are skyrocketing in India. And uh, final question comes to us from Alexandrina. Uh, this one from 1242. I've been whole food plant-based now for two years, lost 30 plus pounds, but still have 30 more to go. But I've hit the plateau. So I've upped my exercise, but still no big changes up and down with the same two or three pounds. Any ideas? What can we do to help? Yeah, you know, well, first of all, um, Congratulations on losing the weight. And it's really important to always look back and appreciate um, where you've come from. Um, but people will often hit this weight loss plateau. It's rarely a very smooth curve going downhill. There are often bumps along the way. And that's where it's important to take a step back, um, look at your diet. Sometimes it helps to write down what you're eating um, every day. Do that for a week and you may start to see patterns. You know, maybe um, I'm keeping it plant-based, but perhaps I'm not eating the most nutritious foods. Um, are you consuming those vegan junk foods that we talked about? Or does it include a lot of baked sugary goods um, that could be contributing? Um, how is the consumption of high fat foods like nuts or seeds, avocados, um, those could be contributing. So, um, you know, and if you need help, definitely work with a, a registered dietitian or your healthcare provider and have them review your diet with you. Because often there are patterns that we can decipher that can really make a big difference. So I, I'm, I'm going to retract the fact that I've asked the last question. Now <laughs> I'm going to ask uh, the final question. Uh, Stefan, 1242, this is a, another good one because it goes right to fruit, which is such a hot topic. In a recent posting, the University Hospital of Zurich posted that eating too much fruits is unhealthy. What is your guess and greetings from Germany? Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. I, I, I'm not sure what the basis of that statement was by the hospital of Zurich. Um, we know that fruits are chock full of nutrients. They, um, have so many vitamins and minerals that we need. They are, um, a great source of fiber. They are nature's dessert without extra added sugar or fat. So I, uh, I would like to know more about that research and see why they would make that statement. But in the meantime, please enjoy your fruit. Just avoid the fruit juice. Dr. Rahman, before we wrap up, we got to talk about this 12-week weight loss program a little bit more. We talked about carbs that are going to be in there, uh, emotional eating. We've touched a little bit on during the Q&A. What else can people expect during this 12-week program, which, by the way, begins this Saturday? Yeah, so I am so excited to start this. Um, and it's uh, completely Zoom-based, so... Um, People from everywhere can participate with us, which is terrific. Um, so we're going to, you know, my vision for the program was for it to really be like a place where people can come and get all their questions answered about nutrition. So they have the tools to eat well and enjoy it. Um, and uh, we are going to talk about not just carbohydrates and emotional eating, but protein. This comes up a lot. How much protein do you need? Uh, we're going to talk about fats. 
which fats are healthy, which ones are not, how much is too much, how much is too little. We are going to talk about portion sizes because that does matter. And we will also talk about, you know, other things that often um, people may not be thinking of, like the amount of sodium and potassium in their diet, which plays a big role in blood pressure management, um, fluid retention. And uh, we will talk about supplements, which comes up a lot. Which ones do you need? Which ones you really don't need to waste your money on? So a long list of topics, just a place like sort of a nutrition primer where people can go and learn all the information they need to eat well and stay well. There was a time in my life, Dr. Rahman, when I thought that being a healthy individual of normal size uh, was impossible. And I'm sure that you probably felt the same way as well when you were still overweight. But the fact of the matter is, it is not impossible. And nobody who does this is Superman or Superwoman. There's no real secret to it. You just have to resolve yourself to the fact that, A, if you're a food addict, overcoming that addiction isn't going to be the easiest thing in the world. But B, you absolutely can. And there are countless people who have already proven that they can, that you can, as a matter of fact. So make up that will and focus on your why. Why is it that you want to lose this weight? Why do you want to stay around? That too is the great motivator. And those are things also that I, I highly encourage everybody to keep in mind uh, as they go through the 12-week program as well, because not every day is going to be a walk in the park, but certainly you will get past that hurdle and you never, ever, ever have to worry about yo-yo dieting again. So that is the coolest thing in the world. And also, uh, while I've got you here, I should say that in addition to the 12-week program, you are also available via telemedicine at the Barnard Medical Center where you can work with patients on a one-on-one -on -one basis. So if you would like to make an appointment to visit with Dr. Rahman over your computer, barnardmedical.org or call 202-527-7500 to schedule that appointment. I'm sure with telemedicine, you've even had an opportunity to counsel some people who are looking to slim down, drop a few LBs. Yeah, absolutely. You know, telehealth's been great and we've been able to um, take care of our patients and we've had a lot of new patients come to us because of it. All right. And new patients, by the way, are being accepted in California and New York, Washington, D.C., Maryland, Virginia, Missouri, Arizona, Colorado, Massachusetts, and Kentucky. Don't worry. That's all on the website, too. You don't have to memorize that. But if you live in any of those states uh, or the district here, go ahead and make that appointment today. You will not regret it. BarnardMedical.org or 202-527-7500. Dr. Rahman, thank you so very much for joining us today. This has just been an absolute treat. I feel like we could talk about weight loss for days because there is so much to get into here. But your wisdom and your experience and your knowledge has just been just invaluable here today. So thank you so very much for taking the time. Thank you, Chuck. It's been great. You can watch a video of that full episode, that Q&A with Dr. Rahman over on the Physicians Committee's Facebook page and YouTube channel. Links for both. You can find them in the episode notes right now. And the exam room live, well, that airs Monday through Friday in both locations as well. I promise you this, my friend, it is indeed the healthiest show anywhere online today. That hits the cyber airwaves at noon Eastern. And if you're interested in Dr. Rahman's weight loss program, head over to pcrm.org slash weight loss program, or just click the link in the episode notes. A final thought about weight loss. You can do it. You absolutely can do it. I know that feeling. I know that it can feel impossible, that losing weight is the one obstacle in life that you just cannot get past, and then you resign yourself to failure. And even though two-thirds of the country is either overweight or obese, you still look around and feel absolutely, positively all alone. And even if you've never been overweight yourself, your friends, your family, your loved ones who are in those weight loss trenches, that is their reality. 
So let's not make them feel as though they are somehow failures. Because having been in their shoes, I can tell you that they are beating themselves up enough. So be a friend. Don't be pushy though. Just lead by example. Because I promise you, they are watching and they are listening. And they just need to know that nothing is impossible and that they can succeed. They may even become inspired by the Ignavo family's transformation or Josh Lajani, who went from weighing 420 pounds to gracing the cover of Runner's World magazine, for goodness sakes. There is a ton of inspiration out there. And just proving that nothing is impossible and that this nutrition, plant-based diet is a great way to help do what they feel could never be done. And along those lines, another way that you can help get this dose of inspiration to someone who could really use a pick-me-up All you need to do is subscribe to the Exam Room Podcast by the Physicians Committee and leave a five-star rating. Now, you can do that right now with Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite shows. Because every new subscription and every new high rating, that helps us climb higher in the podcast rankings. And the higher we go, the easier it becomes for people to find this potentially life-saving and certainly life-changing information. I thank you in advance for helping to make the world a healthier place. And that's going to wrap things up for us today. I appreciate you raising your health IQ with us. Special thanks to Stephanie Ignafo and her entire family, and to Dr. Venito Ramon for being here as well. And for everyone here at the Physicians Committee, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for listening. And remember, stay safe, take a stand, and keep it plant-based.